This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. If there is one thing Isamar Batista is passionate about, it's subscription services. As monthly pay-as-you-go services grow in popularity, so does the demand and competitiveness in the industry. Batista is the vice president of marketing and own brands at Scentbird, and she joined Marketing Trends to discuss how Scentbird is utilizing email marketing to grow their subscription base. Plus, she explains why social media is humanizing to a brand and details the importance of being honest with your customers. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by special guest, Isamar, what's going on? Hi, how are you? I'm happy to be here. It's my first uh, podcast. Well, you know, it's far too long then. Uh, I, I feel <laughs> lucky and fortunate that we have you for your first podcast and uh, and. And lucky for our listeners that are going to get some real cutting edge insights that haven't been shared far and wide yet. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about what you are building at Scentbird and all the marketing activities there, plus how you got into marketing in the first place. So let's get into it. What was your first inclination into marketing? So I wanted to be a fashion designer. I remember like sketching dresses in elementary school. I've always been into photography. I've always been into computers. Like my mom got me my first computer when I was like seven years old. And it was like a dinosaur computers, like the huge desktops. Um, and I was just always really into the creative arts and into digital. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I think I want to go into marketing because it kind of you know, uh, it's a, a marriage between data and technology and creative. So I actually got my first job as a marketing associate at an insurance uh, outsourcing company. Very, very fun. Um, and I was just, you know, helping with like trade show and sales presentations and, and things like that. And this is around the time when email marketing started to blow up. And I remember my boss, the marketing manager at the moment, she said, oh my God, like, I think we should start using, sending emails and make and put our logos in there. And maybe it'll help get more uh, trade show meetings. And maybe we can start sharing some insights about our salespeople. Um, Isamar, can you try and figure this out? And I remember we were uh, in Salesforce back then using vertical response. And I was like, well, um, I taught myself how to code on MySpace, <laughs> which is insane. But I'm like, well, it can be that different. I'm like, it can't be that different than like, you know, making my profile on MySpace super nice and, and having all the imagery and stuff. So I taught myself how to do email marketing for the insurance outsourcing company. And that's how I kind of like fell into email marketing specifically um, and really fell in love with um, the industry because, you know, email marketing as a channel is measurable, which I'm all about, you know, the data and the numbers and making sure that we see an ROI with everything that we do. But also it's like the 
way, the best way to communicate with your customers and with the leads in your, in your mailing list, you know, to be able to um, have very personal notes or whether it is a sales email or a flash sale or deal or promotion, a new launch. I think that there's just so much that you can do with email marketing. Um, and it started with the insurance outsourcing company trying to get more meetings at the trade shows. And then I quickly transitioned into beauty and fashion, which I've always been passionate about. So for me to be able to do, um, to work in digital and technology, which is something that I, it's just natural to me and then work in a creative industry and be able to use data to kind of like tie everything together. It's just like a dream come true. And I, I never thought that you can actually find a dream job, but I do feel like, um, working at Sembird and like with all of the brands that I've worked with, I, I've, I've been very fortunate um, to be able to work with uh, such dynamic uh, companies and do some cool stuff on, on the email marketing side, on digital, on social media, on the e-commerce side. It's been really fascinating. And I grow and I learn every single day because the industry is changing every single day, especially like during our current climate, um, things are changing by the minute. So um, even on, on a VP level, I'm still learning and trying to figure things out every single day. And it's fascinating to me. Yeah. So flash forward to today, your VP of marketing and own brands at Scentbird. For those of our listeners who don't know, tell us a little bit about Scentbird. Sure, of course. So Scentbird is a fragrance subscri- subscription company. Um, so the, the whole premise of Scentbird is that you can date fragrances before you marry them right? And what does that mean? That means that you can get um, a a vial of your favorite designer fragrance for only $15 a month. um, And you can try a different fragrance every month. And the reason why Sempered is so, so uh, important is because when you go into, well, when you could go into a department store and try on different fragrances, or you go into a Sephora, you get super excited about trying on different fragrances. You spend $100 on a fancy bottle of the fragrance that that you liked and then you try it on the next day and it gives you a headache or you just don't like it anymore because you showered or your body chemistry is just not meshing with the fragrance and what do you do with this $100 bottle of a fragrance you're never going to use again so being you know able to just sample different fragrances before you commit to a full-size bottle I think it's just fascinating and then personally for me I just love subscription models and I love subscription services because of the whole trial aspect of it and, and not having to commit to a full size of a product before trying it out for a month and see how you like it. Yeah. It's one of those industries that you, you know, when p- people talk about like disruption or how, you know, subscription economies can change different things. It's such a clear, <laughs> it's such a clear example of that because it's like, well, I'd probably rather have, you know, 15 smaller bottles than, you know, uh, than three large ones or even better. I'd rather just subscribe to somewhere where I can figure them all out and see what I see what I like the most. Is this are, are you as you're building this? Um, what's the like the size and the scope that you're at right now? So right now we have over 400,000 subscribers. Um, they're super engaged with, with email marketing and our social channels. We have 200,000 followers on Instagram. Um, and they're just really, um, they come to us for discovery, right? Um, obviously, there's, they have their favorite fragrances and designer perfumes that they want to try, that they know that 
they just probably can't afford a full-size bottle or they wouldn't want to commit to a full-size bottle. So they come in for just being able to have variety in their, um, in their fragrances. But there's a lot of, uh, of our subscribers who actually come to us for discovery. Um, they want us to give them recommendations, you know, based on the perfumes that they have tried before. And I think it's a very tricky thing to sell fragrances online before smelling them. So we have to use a lot of um, personalization and filtering and, and getting to know our subscribers um, once they get started with us to be able to kind of like fuel and aid that discovery throughout their journey with us. Yeah, let's get into that and some of the marketing things that you're doing to get a better sense of, you know, who these folks are pre-sale as they're in the funnel, as they're checking out Scentbird. Um, how do you do that? What's your what's your strategy uh, look like for, you know, pre-funnel engagement? Yeah, so when you, uh, our site, our Scentbird.com site is actually gated. So for you to even um, see our our portfolio of brands, you have to take a quiz. Um, and I'm super passionate about including a quiz and the onboarding um, part of your funnel. And this is why. If you put someone through a quiz, they're a lot more committed to whatever you're selling them because they sat there for a minute, they had to think through their favorite vacation and seasons and notes and designers. So now there's there's an investment there. So I think just for every subscription, this is out there if you're listening, try to test into incorporating a quiz into your onboarding and your registration. I think it's, it's just genius. Not only because you get a more committed and invested uh, lead, but you have so many data points that then you can use on the site and on email marketing. So like I said, when you come into semper.com, you take a quiz, we ask you, what are your favorite seasons, your favorite notes? We ask you, uh, past fragrances that you've, that you've tried and loved before. So we already have all of these different data points that, like I mentioned, we're using to personalize the recommendations for you to, to increase the chances of you becoming a subscriber. We then use those recommendations to also personalize your email marketing experience and your onboarding and your welcome series. So obviously the more um, relevant the, the product recommendations are, the more likely that you are to become a subscriber. Uh, so that is how we are basically leveraging the, the data that we take from the quiz. Uh, to take it a step further, what we're working on now is something that I'm super excited about, which is kind of like building the Netflix of perfume when it comes to product recommendation algorithms. So not only are we you know, going to leverage the data that we're getting from the quiz, but we're also going to start leveraging uh, browsing behavior, you know, favorite designers, favorite perfumes. Once they do become a subscriber and they get those scents, we collect ratings and reviews and we're leveraging all of that information and creating clusters so that we can come up with a very, very smart, um, dynamic uh, product recommendation algorithm that we can to personalize the site and email as well. And the goal really is to, like I mentioned, if you know what you came here for, then that's great. But most of us don't know what we want. Um, and that's where we come in to really aid your discovery and help you find a fragrance that you didn't know about and that you'll love. We have over 500 designer fragrances, but we also have niche fragrances that you might not have heard of. And there's a, a market out there for customers who don't want to smell like everyone else. Yes, there's the Versace's and the Dolce Gabbana's of the world, but then there are people who prefer um, fragrances that they haven't heard of before. Um, and that's what that's where Sandberg comes in. And that's where all of our personalization comes in as well. Yeah, so once, once you have all this data, um, 
what what are you doing with it? What are the different ways that you're targeting and retargeting your your customers? So basically, we create a scent profile for everyone. So based on all of the data that we're gathering from you, we know what notes you prefer, whether you like woody fragrances or you like floral. And so we have a very uh, a, a specific scent profile for each and every one of our subscribers, and we're leveraging that to customize our you know bestsellers, top rated, our collections on the website, um, and all of the different areas of the website where you can browse uh, fragrances. And then we're also leveraging that to uh, personalize your triggered intersectional email. So every time that you get a touch point from us, if it has product, it was most likely uh, picked out for you by our algorithm based on your scent profile. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, the the Netflix analogy is is very apt um, because they have the similar sort of like taste clusters and things like that 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 they look at for how people uh, how people listen. Um, I'm curious. So for the people who don't know anything, who are coming in the door, who like don't know about Scentbird or you know don't know anything about brands, but just like you know want to try a bunch of different stuff. Um, you know, have a digital experience that don't want to, you know, go into a mall or go into, you know, wherever. What's the experience like, like for those folks, folks, like what's the, uh, what's the digital like walkthrough for them? If you're a newbie, which um, we actually just surveyed our customers and because we have seen a lot of growth in the last couple of months um, and we basically have a brand new customer base. So we survey them and I'm like, are you guys fragrance experts? Are you newbies? What do you know about fragrances? So we actually have a lot of newbies. Um, so we use that you know survey data to really tailor our website and the digital experience, like you said. Um, so if you have no background when it comes to fragrance, then we have... Um, collections is what we is what we call it where we have like top designer um fashion forward scents florals um woody scents so we have a lot of curated collections that our experts our merchandiser put together based on you know popularity ratings and reviews um the the fragrances that you know are most likely to resonate with someone who is just trying uh, a variety of new fragrances for the first time. So there's a lot of kind of like curated, um, yes, we have a lot of personalization, but there's also a lot of curation going on on the website. If you don't have, you know, any background on the website, or if you just signed up today and you have no idea what you're getting yourself into, you will have curation, you will have top rated fragrances, you will have best selling fragrances. So we can't use your uh, your background and your data point to personalize your experience. What we will do is show you what everyone else is loving. And if you know the, the high percentage of our our data our customer base is loving this specific um, collection or perfume, then you're most likely to also like it as well. So for the the folks that are kind of like your diehard, uh, you know, perfume experts or your 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 non newbies there. Um, are they getting, you know, they're getting access to like all this different stuff at, at a more affordable price because they can try all these different things, I'm guessing. And, uh, and this is like their Mecca to be able to have all of this different stuff come to their, come to their house every month and be able to, to share that stuff, I'd imagine. Absolutely. And that's exactly why they're so engaged, um, because of the convenience, flexibility and affordability. 
$15 a month, um, it, it's a, a steal when it comes to freight for the fragrance industry, especially when we're talking about, you know, like the big designer brands, um, but also, you know, portability. Uh, so our, our vials, they're AMLs, which is eight times bigger than a sample that you would get when you go to a Macy's or a fragrance department store. Um, but we also have a tempered uh, case automizer. So you put your vial in the case automizer um, and every month we send you a new vial, but you have, you know, your automizer that you can just plop it in there. So there's also a sustainability aspect because we are, you know, reusing the case every month. Um, but, but back to the point of portability is that, you know, if you were to travel, our cases uh, travel friendly. So you can just take it with you anywhere you go. You can take it to the gym. You can take it on a date. You can take it to work. Um, you can take it anywhere. Whereas when you have, you know, a hundred dollar bottle of a perfume, it's a huge perfume. It's pretty heavy. It's pretty fancy. It's not as portable as you like it to be. So you're left with having to buy a rollerball or, you know, a second um, perfume to kind of like take with you. So uh, aside from the fact that it's super convenient because every month you just pick your scent and it comes right to you, um, it's affordable, but also it's portable. So it's it's just, I think our, our, what our customers love about Sembird is just the flexibility. Uh, not, not only with um, the, the variety and, and fragrances, but also just the overall business model as well. That's the story of my life. I had a really expensive bottle of YSL and I was visiting my friend and he also had YSL, but he had a different scent and he somehow swapped them. And then I now it's like, we can't get the bottle back and forth to uh, <laughs> to the other place because of travel restrictions. So it's somewhere there floating in the ether, and I'll <laughs> never get it back. Um, there you go, and it's like you you pay so much for it. I don't know about you, but when I love a perfume, I want to always smell like it, right? So even if I apply in the morning and I have to, and I go into work, if, if I'm going to work or wherever it is that I'm able to go to, um, and then I have night plans. Going like, to, I at this be point, going to the living, going to the living room, right. <laughs> going to the kitchen. Right. Right. I want to be able to reapply my, you know, my perfume. Um, and if you don't have it with you, it's, it's impossible. But now that you mentioned kind of like going to the living room and going to your balcony or wherever it is, you know what? Like every morning I've been waking up and I've been spraying on my favorite perfume because it makes me feel like I'm going to places. And it just, the smell takes me to the office or it takes me to wherever I wore that last. So even though I'm, I'm working from home, I am spraying on my favorite perfume every single morning, even like a couple times a day, even just to, to be in Zoom meetings. I want to feel that sense of like normalcy. And that's what my fragrance does for me. Look good, feel good. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, there and, you go. And, and smell good. Um, and smell good. There you go. <laughs> So I want to talk customer acquisition. So um, how are you looking at like your advertising activities and things like that? What are what are the things you mentioned that you've built a very large social presence? Obviously, that sort of stuff is difficult to do. How do you like prioritize efforts on customer acquisition? Yeah, so right now, paid social um, is, is a, a top channel for us. And we use a lot of influencers speaking to um, the fragrances that they're trying on. Um, and we use that for our advertising on, on Facebook and social media. And it's worked really well. I think people just really want to see just, you know, different people trying different perfumes and speaking to the fragrance. Like I said, it's so hard to sell perfume online because you can't smell it. So you definitely want to hear from someone who you trust, like an influencer who 
has tried the perfumes and is showing you how to use the case. And also subscription models can be a little tricky. So there's a lot of education that is required with your acquisition, right? Right off the get-go, you need to make it very clear that you know, it is a monthly subscription. You need to make it very clear. Set the expectation that you're gonna, you're not gonna get a full size bottle. You're gonna get a, a AML a vial. That you're gonna get an atomizer case. That every month you you'll be charged fifteen dollars if you don't skip the month. So there's a lot of education. So Facebook is our number one channel just to kind of like get people through the door. But then through email marketing, we are able to take those people who didn't convert off of their first session and who just were curious enough to create a profile but didn't continue to sign up. Um, and that's where we're really doing, it's telling the story of Sandbird and, and really doing education, not only on the fragrance, the fragrances that we carry and the products that we have, but also how to apply your fragrances, how to store your fragrances so that they last longer. Um, you know, we're, we're teaching them about how Sember works as a program. Um, so when it comes to acquisition, there's, there's a lot that, a lot of education that is taking place on the email marketing channel. Um, and then obviously we have our organic social media um, that, that works really well. So just kind of like tell those stories of like bestsellers, new designers. Every month we have like a, a perfume of the month and a, co a cologne of the month, which is like a featured uh, bestselling and new product. Um, and, and we try to really tell that story on, on our own channels and have cohesiveness across all channels as well. So if we're, you know, speaking to the fragrance of the month on own social, we'll also support that on email marketing. And then we'll also support it with influencer marketing as well. So that, you know, wherever, whenever you hear of Sempered or if you see Sempered, um, on social media or on your email, there's kind of like cohesiveness and integration with that story. Yeah, that's, I was going to ask because, um, it seems like you would have a huge advantage in kind of like how people use Instagram um, with trying new things and seeing new things um, and your product being like constantly new and novel um, that it's not just like pushing one product all the time. You're pushing like all of these partner products. Do you work mm -hmm. with them at all on those sort of things or is it mostly just you working directly with uh with individual uh you know influencers and people like that oh absolutely we're definitely partnering with our brands um that that we have in our portfolio to uh choose different to select different influencers that would be um, promoting the brands for the month uh, on different email campaigns on different social media posts we share assets especially now during covid we didn't have access to do like photo shoots so we're constant we have a very tight-knit relationship with all of our um brand partners um, to make sure that they, you know, we're promoting their brand in the way that, you know, they want it, they want it to be out there. I think that's super important as well. You know, I say that we are B2C, but we're also B2B <laughs> because we have a relationship not only with our customers, but also with our brand partners. So they're approving emails, you know, especially for like the perfume of the month, like they're approving the emails, they're approving the influencers, they're giving us feedback on the social media content that we're promoting out there. They're sharing assets with us. So there's a lot of, um, we have an entire team actually that's dedicated to having that relationship with the brand partners. Back to data for a second. Do you have like a data case story or, or something that you've used uh, data to really be able to like tell you something that you didn't know or make sense of something or, or just guide your marketing efforts? 
Yeah, we definitely use uh, data to guide our marketing efforts. But to take it a step further, we also use our customers and, and the data to create new fragrances. So something really cool about Sunbird is our Tastemaker program. So our Tastemaker program is basically, um, we have 2,000 women and 2,000 men. And we are basically co-creating fragrances with them. So we survey them every step of the way, everything from the logo to the title of the, um, to the name of the perfume, to the perfume bottle design, to the actual notes and fragrances. We actually send them, um, if you're part of the Taste Marine Care program, we send you, you know, like four or five different uh, perfume samples that we're considering and they vote on it. So we are, we're not only using data, obviously, to personalize on the website, on our retention um, efforts, but also to actually create new fragrances. And what's really cool about this tastemaker program is that we, you know, they vote on the scents that they want, they, they love, and then we actually launch them on Sunbird. They end up being like the best selling fragrances because obviously like they voted on them. So there's already like an investment in the creation of uh, these fragrances. And then we launch them as full size bottles and, and we have a standalone private label called Confessions of a Rebel. And if you go on confessionsofarebel.com, you'll see full size bottles of, um, fragrances that we created with our subscribers. And the cool thing about it is that there's zero marketing dollars behind it. And our subscribers just really love the, you know, the sample that they get through the sample program that they actually um, buy the full size bottle. So it's a really cool way of not only leveraging the data from our customers, but also leveraging their taste to come up with really cool private label uh, fragrances. That's really awesome stuff. I mean, that's, it's such a great marketing, uh, marketing tool to have in your arsenal that you can, you know, integrate with your product. Um, Were there any challenges that you find with subscription? Um, Because obviously it's a great model in some ways, but in other ways uh, you do get kind of that, that churn effect or or people who, who end up wanting to opt out. Have anything from a marketing perspective that you've seen uh, as a challenge? Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, I love subscription business models and I've worked in subscription for quite some time. Uh, before Sunbird, I was working at Textile Fashion Group. They have Just Fab Shooter, also Savage X Fancy with Rihanna. So they have, you know, Fabletics and I worked there for almost six years and now working at Sunbird. I would say that the biggest challenge with subscription-based services is um, commitment and the commitment required from the customer and then the flexibility. Um, So you need to make sure from a marketing standpoint that number one, during your acquisition efforts, so there's a lot of education and even um, during the onboarding so that they know exactly when they're going to be charged. They know exactly how much they're going to be charged and that they understand their options. So is this a flexible membership program? Are you able to pause or skip the month if it's not in your budget. Like you need to always make sure that the customer has control um, because life is unpredictable, especially now with this current climate, you may not always have the budget or the need to splurge on a monthly subscription. So for example, at Sempered, um, everyone has very specific needs when it comes to their perfume need and their fragrance needs. Some subscribers, they say, you know what? I don't need a new fragrance every month. While others complain that one fragrance is not enough to last 30 days. They want more than one. So we have a very flexible subscription plan, right? So we have the option to either skip a month if you if it's not in your budget right now or if you just don't need a fragrance. Or uh, alternatively, you can upgrade to receive multiple products, up to three products a month. So when it comes to subscriptions, you just have to make sure that you make it very clear from the beginning 
when you're going to be charged, when you can skip the month, um, because customers don't want to feel duped. And honestly, it all comes down to the user experience, but also the marketing, making sure that you know, you're sending um, email, email communications that are providing education on the customers and make it, make it very in, uh, easy for them to understand what are the behavior, what are the expected behaviors, what are the actions that they need to take if they don't want to be charged or if they want to make a return or they want to exchange their, their subscription, whatever the, the, the case may be, you have to be, have very clear, straightforward communication on the website, but also on your marketing. So whether it is on social media or on your email marketing, be very straightforward and very clear right from the beginning. Um, something that we do at Sembert is that when you become a subscriber, we put you through a seven-day post-subscription series where we are say, welcoming you into the program. Like, okay, thank you for being a Semper subscriber. Now, here, here's how this is going to work. And every month, we send them a reminder, like, here's what's coming in your next shipment. Here's when you have to skip the month if you don't want to receive it, you know? And we try to really manage those expectations from a marketing standpoint so that there aren't any surprises. Yeah, it's so tough because, you know, things change, life change, but that doesn't mean that somebody... Uh, you know, wants to stop doing it forever, that they want to stop, you know, experiencing uh, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you have to offer. Is there a way that, you know, best practices on like re-engaging, you know, folks who have, you know, left the left the platform or things like that? So for WinBack, something that's really effective for us is to reach out to those who have canceled and remind them of our um, uh, uh, downgrade option. So you don't have to cancel your membership. You can just put it on pause for three months and really just walk them through. Here's what you can do if it's not in your budget in a month so that you don't have to cancel. And another thing that you can do is just show them what's new with your program, right? So what are the new arrivals? What are the new designers? What are the new options, new price points, um, a more flexible um, shipping, like whatever the case, whatever is new and interesting and exciting with your brand and with your company and with your business model, make sure that you're letting um, your canceled members know. Um, the, e- the email that converts best when it comes to win back and reactivation for us is actually our new arrivals email. It's not even like a win back offer. It's just showing them what's new this month. And that email alone um, gets a lot of people back into the program because they're like, okay, it, was, it might have not been in my budget, you know, two, three months ago when COVID started, but now I'm in a better place. I really like what they're you know, what they have on the site. Let me go back into this program. Let me re- resubscribe, which is definitely obviously important. Uh, you want your members to come back, but you, there's a lot of work that you need to do on your end to make sure that you are letting them know why they need to sign up, you know, what's new and what are my options if, you know, I lose my job or if I don't want to continue, you know, receiving a monthly uh, subscription, let, let them know that there are options so that they don't have to end the relationship. They don't have to cancel. They can just pause or skip a few months. And if you don't have um, the flexibility to allow them to skip or to pause their subscription, that's definitely something that you should look into as a subscription-based business model, especially in these times. You mentioned some of the other stops along the way uh, that you had in your career at some really well-known companies. Um, any other, you know, things or experiences that you had at those companies that you kind of uh, bring with you to Sempert as as you as you kind of tweak your marketing strategy? Yeah. So something that was really huge for us at Textile was market research and not only sending them surveys, but we actually hosted a a VIP member events where we actually uh, had a dinner and we had drinks and we had 
focus groups um, where we asked, you know, customers about the current experience, but we also asked them about category expansion and things that we were thinking about launching. So before we even launched anything, we made sure that we had a lot of customer uh, research and, and and we did a lot of cu- uh, customer focus groups to really understand the the impact because sometimes as a company and as a brand you get really really excited about launching a new thing or launching a new service and then you launch it and you realize oh my customer actually doesn't care about this <laughs> I cared about it I wanted to do this but my customer actually has no interest and it fails so um, something that I bring with me from textile is the need to constantly survey the customer you know whether it is uh, wondering why our customers are uh, skipping the month. You know, we have a skip the month survey. So when they go every month and they skip the month, we ask them why. And we, t- we have a polls on whether it is budget or they want more div- diversity with the products or they, um, they, they haven't used their last perfume. So we're using all of that um, data to really tailor our, our services to make sure that at the end of the day, we're giving the customer what they want. So I think if you're not doing customer research, and I know it's hard now to do like a focus group or an event because of COVID, but you can do uh, video interviews on Zoom. Um, I think it's super important that you put a face to a name when it comes to customers and that you know what they look like. What is their nationality? What is their ethnicity? How much money are they making? What are their jobs? Do they have kids? Um, Where else are they shopping for fragrances? Where are their favorite stores? Are they shopping online or are they shopping in store? So really understand who this customer, who your, your best customer, customer is so that you're able to not only keep them happy, but go and get more of those customers. We talked a little bit about uh, social media advertising, Facebook advertising, um, Instagram, things like that. Are you working on any kind of like longer term plays with regards to like content or things like that, that, uh, that can serve you, you know, over time that can build value over time versus just like the, you know, pay to pay to play each month sort of, uh, advertising. Yeah, we definitely are working on a new content strategy for our social media. We want to be more personal and I don't mean personal, just like the personalized recommendation and everything that we're doing with, with website and email, but we want to just how I was saying that you want to put a face to a name when it comes to your customer your customers also want to see who is behind the brands that they love and that they're supporting. So um, doing more, you know, um, content with our founder and our CEO, um, whether it is asking her what are her favorite fragrances this month or how is she, you know, staying productive while working from home. Um, Me, myself, getting on social media and, and doing polls and using, like, the really cool thing about Instagram stories is that right now you can use all of their features to do, like, really quick and low lift um, focus groups. So using their polling, using their questions feature, you can get so much information from your customers um, just by leveraging social media. So for us, it's very important that we are kind of like getting rid of the corporate jargon and getting more real on social media, whether it is showing what our internal team looks like, giving advice um, from like leadership, our founders and our, and our head of development and our head of brand um, to getting, you know, more information from our customers, like by us sharing more kind of like about our personal lives, how we're working from home, how we're using scents and fragrances to boost productivity in the same way we can ask them questions and you know customers feel um they trust a company more when there's transparency and they know who's behind kind of like the click send uh who's behind the email marketing channels who's behind the social media channels they want to see who is 
who are the people that are behind this brand? It really humanizes the, the experience and the relationship with the customer and allows you to also get, you know, more out of them, whether it is just getting them to answer a question on social media or getting them to engage or getting them to visit your site. Um, I think with social media specifically, you know, first you get them to follow you, then you get them to like, then you get them to comment. And then, you know, if you, you if, they, if they're really invested with the content that you're posting, maybe they'll do a swipe up or maybe they'll click on your link in bio. Um, and if they like what they see on the side, then maybe they become a customer. So it all starts with the kind of content that you're putting out there. And for us, we want to make sure that we are giving them a sneak peek into our world, into the leadership world and, and what we look like and what we stand for and what are the social causes that we support and how we are just, you know, we're relatable and we're all in this, you know, together, essentially, especially with COVID and everything that's going on. We're all going through this for the first time together. So why not really empathize with them and humanize our, our presence on social media? Yeah, it's and I saw that you were doing uh you started doing a little bit more of that recently. Um I you know, it's just tough cuz it's like you have to make that investment um into doing social media and people I think a lot of times it's like they just chuck someone at social. It's like, "Hey, your job is social," but it's such a hard medium to crack, right? It's like you have to have someone who understands your brand voice really, really well, that understands like what your customer, your customer voice really well, what are the things that they want to hear? And you have to fill it with like content that's better than, you know, the billion people online that are creating every day, right? It's just, a, it's a hard proposition to be able to stand out. Um, and it's an investment and it's expensive uh, to be able to have someone who does that. And some of the huge brands that are great at it, like, you know, the, the Wendy's and the people like that, some of them we've had on this, uh, on this podcast. I mean, they had, you know, one or two people that were just dialed in that did that all day, every day. And it's just that's an expensive proposition for most companies. Yeah, I was just actually having a conversation with my social media manager and I said, you know, the social media manager job became significantly uh, more complicated and harder uh, in the last couple of months because it's no longer just putting out fun content. Now it's it's become kind of like a corporate communications uh, job and a social social responsibility job. Like not only do you have to obviously, like you said, be the voice of the brand and also, um, you're in, in the front line when it comes to customer comments, but you have to now let, you know, the, the, your followers know what you're doing as a, as a company, um, as a business to support social causes. And you have to, you know, give a breakdown on how you're supporting and what are the things you stand for. So the social media manager job definitely became a lot harder. Um, and it's definitely something that we have been doing a lot of pivoting, pivoting on um, just on our social media strategy uh, and, and making sure that we are not like tone deaf and that we are talking about the right things. And also, how do you start, you know, kind of like incorporating your brand and your business again with everything that's going on without looking like ignorant, you know what I mean? Um, because we, we obviously as businesses, we have to support our new brand launches and our new initiatives but are we back to normal? You know, like, is anyone back to normal? What is the new normal? So it's been really hard. And I think what was really comforting is that from, from a VP of marketing, I would say that as, as brands, we're all kind of like figuring it out together. 
we've never had to deal with this, uh, you know, as, you know, as a business. So it's kind of nice to learn from other brands. And I, I personally, I'm always looking at, you know, how other brands are responding to things and, and we're all kind of like learning together and going through it together. And look, sometimes we have a hit and sometimes we have a myth and we just kind of have to like get back up and keep going. Do you have any favorite campaigns that you've worked on over the years, whether it's at Sempered or, or your previous companies? I would say like all of my favorite, it's hard to pick just one, but I would say that all of the campaigns that I've worked on that end up being like the ones that are, you know, close to my heart are the ones that empathize with the customers, like I mentioned earlier, uh, and show them the faces of our leadership team. So like at Sempered, when COVID happened, we we did like a 360 integrated campaign and it was like, just tips from tips on working from home from our leadership team and basically we just picked our favorite favorite fragrances and we gave a quote on you know why we like them and how it makes us feel and how it you know scent can transport you to a better time and be- and better memories um and we did that on email marketing we did it on social media as well and we got really great response and i think it's because you know we went uh, personal, not with product, but just with empathizing and relating. We put a picture of everyone that participated uh, in, in giving their recommendations and their quotes. And we, you know, posted it on social media. I also did a video for, for our Instagram. Um, and we've gotten a lot of great responses every time that we, I think it's very common for companies and marketing teams to like overthink it and, and kind of like, fall into this thing of having like uh, analysis paralysis where you think that you need to always just look at the numbers and look at the data. And sometimes you need to just be human and be personal. Um, And every time that I put myself out there, whether it is on social media or email marketing, or I send a personal note uh, to our customers saying like, hi, my name is Isamar. I'm the head of marketing here, you know, and this is what's going on. Um, we've seen really great successes with those campaigns. So that, those are, I would say those are my, my favorite types of campaigns to do. Come on. You must have a favorite one. The one that we did for Semper, uh, the last one that we did, the working from home tips, I would say it is my favorite, uh, because it was different. We, we've, we've done them before, but it, it was just a weird time. And, and we got really great response from just sharing kind of like our personal quotes. What? Yeah. What was that? What's your work from home tip? So every morning I uh, spray on Versace Bright Crystal. I do my makeup. Not, not you know, not like a, a going to the office makeup, but I do my makeup and I put on, you know, something that I would wear to work. And it just makes me feel like I'm actually going into the office. Um, and then when I'm done with work, you know, I... I feel like I can go for a walk or I can, you know, do something with my day before I kind of like have to just go to bed. And it really helps break my day because if not, everything just kind of like blends together. Um, so spraying on my favorite fragrance, doing my makeup, putting my best foot forward really, really helps. Um, and I think the only thing that we can do is try and do whatever makes us feel normal. <laughs> And that is different for everyone. But whatever it is that makes you feel normal, whatever your normal is, I recommend that you do that, even if it sucks. And I like at the beginning when we started working from home, I'm going to be completely honest, I would wake up 30 minutes before I had to start work. And <laughs> that got old real, real fast. So now I wake up two hours before I do my morning workout, I, you know, put get myself together as if it is as if I was going to the office and it really makes all the difference in the world. Um, making your bed in the morning, like, you know, I don't know if I, if, 
if, if I even have to say that, but making your bed in the morning also is really helpful. Um, because it just makes you feel like my first task of the day is completed, you know, and you set yourself up for success in, in, in that way. I love it. Great advice. I haven't made my bed since I was in the army, but I'm with you on everything. Else. Oh no, come on. <laughs> We're not make our bed people. Uh, I uh, guess, no, that's not true. I've made it a, like twice just for, uh, for sanity's sake. So, so my, uh. So my girlfriend has something to come home to. But other than that, maybe <laughs> twice, maybe twice. Did it make you feel better when you made your bed? You know, it's weird. It does kind of. Um, but at making the bed means like literally throwing the comforter. It takes probably eight seconds. So uh, I probably oh. should do it. That'll be, I'll, I'll work on it. Um, it's a psychological thing. Yeah. When when you come back on, we'll uh, we'll see if I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to. Um <laughs> Okay, let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy. Just like marketing with Salesforce, you can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing built on the world's number one CRM. That is Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. Ismar, are you ready for lightning round questions? I think I'm ready. Number one. What habit or hobby have you picked up during shelter in place? I have been doing yoga and meditation. I don't know if those are hobbies, but meditation is something that I always wanted to get into, but I never, but I always felt like I never had time and I have all the time in the world and it's really saved my life. What TV show, podcast, or book have you been binging recently? I don't really watch TV, but I just read, um, I will teach you how to be rich. Oh yeah. Um, and, Some remit. And I love, yes, I love that book. And I have been just sharing it with everyone that I know. So that is like, I, it's a six week program and I finished it in four days. I kid you not. And I feel like it just completely changed my finances and the way that I look at my, at my money. So I highly recommend it. He's great. And he's a great Twitter follow. Uh, some of the stuff that yes. like the way that he looks at like large purchases in your life and stuff is really fascinating. Um, if you're ever buying a, a wedding ring or something like that, uh, for our listeners out there, go read Remit's article on it. He did like this massive, he's like, it's one of the biggest investments you're going to make in your entire life. You should do all your homework and like, here's what matters and everything is pretty cool. He's Absolutely. And I love his point on automation and how you can kind of like automate your bank accounts to go into your 401k and your investments and your savings. And it just kind of like happens in the background. You set it and forget it. And you just live on, you, know, you live your life and you spend what you want to spend after you've paid yourself first. It's really fascinating. Yeah, he's great. Um, okay. What is your hidden talent or passion? I would say photography and creating content. It's my, it's my favorite thing to do. So I actually create a lot of our content for some of our social media campaigns. Um, it just makes me really happy um, to express myself in that way. What is your best advice for a first-time head of marketing? Trust your instincts and trust your gut. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can go with marketing initiatives and decisions. Um, and you can do what everyone else is doing or you can do what you know, is unique to you. And I think everyone is different and that is your edge and your competitive advantage. So never do things because that's how you're supposed to do them. Do whatever feels right to you. 
Well, that's it. That's all we got for today. Ismar, it's been absolutely awesome having you on the show and learning about Semperd. Any uh, final thoughts? Anything to plug? Um, go to Semperd.com and see, you know, what we're all about. If you are into fragrances and you want to treat yourself and on a budget, then I, I highly recommend that you get 25% off your first month. Um, and we have really cool fragrances, over 500 uh, different designers that you can choose from. So definitely go to Semper.com and check it out. Awesome. Thanks again. Take care. Thank you so much. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.